Hey everyone, Ryan Hutton. Welcome to part two of a defense attorney, a state rep, and a cop walks into a bar. We're ready to answer your questions that you submitted on social media. We will get Denise Childress's, our friend and defense attorney, perspective, as well as retired cop and now state representative Richard West. Thanks for listening and let's get it on! I think, no, I think it's going to be interesting even to ask from a lawmaker perspective to yeah. say, okay, someone who is tasked with enforcing the law, yeah. someone who's tasked with defending people that are alleged to have broken the law, and then the perspective of someone who yeah. writes the laws. I think the only thing we're missing is a judge at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have me who lives by these laws that doesn't know what's Yeah, I mean, you have someone who's just flying You're the jury. The hey, yes, You're the, the jury. I'm the jury, yeah. Or we could just go out and see if can speed break some of these laws, and then you guys can yeah, help yeah, me we'll out of these. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if we get you. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly yeah, I can see how this pans out in real life. <laughs> All right, so again, it might be a little bit uh, different phrased question for each one of us here, but these were submitted... Um, to Denise or your platform that we pulled from your platform and kind of put these in. Uh, Is it the one that says you don't have a law enforcement friend because you can't be friends with law enforcement? I didn't see that one. Did it really say <laughs> I that? Just Somebody said, he's like, no, you are not friends with the law enforcement. I'm like, I oh, am. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> yeah, goodness. I, I just copied and pasted it. Okay, let's see. Because some of this seems like legal advice. I don't think you want to go down that path. I um, didn't really look closely at yeah, them, whereas I, I should have. Yeah, I did. I just don't think some of these you want to go down, so I'll probably leave those out. Uh, Don't break the law. That is my legal advice. That's probably, that would answer that question. Uh, okay, how about this one? Um, as a defense attorney, mm -hmm. do you recommend I speak to the police? That is a great question that I think some people, I, I'm glad to have this ability to answer. So, the answer is no. And here's why. So, again, I support law enforcement. When I'm a citizen, I trust law enforcement in the broad scheme of things. However, if an officer is asking you questions, you may be subject to their investigation. And something that most people don't know is that if you say something that can hurt you, it can and will be used against you. What they don't know is if you say something that can help you, it cannot be used to help you in a court of law. Now, you may dispel the officer's suspicions in the moment, and they may then use their discretion to terminate the investigation and to not make an arrest so we never see a courtroom. However, if you find yourself the subject of an investigation, as you both know, officers are trained in interrogation tactics, and citizens are not so trained. And so whenever you're interacting with a law enforcement officer, you always want to have a legal technician with you that can kind of insulate you from interrogation tactics and that would be an attorney and so that's a hard question to answer because of course if somebody pulls you over you can't just be like attorney I can't I'm not talking to you that that's not how it work. you, works you do have to identify yourself you have to give over um, your license you do have to answer some basic questions which was another question here so <laughs> answer that one yeah well I wouldn't ask you about that one but the answer is just remember that the good things you say can't be used to help you if you're a subject of an investigation. Um, they can only be used to hurt you. So if you come to me and we're going to trial, we can't admit those statements. They can only admit the ones that hurt you. Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I like a chuckle in the background. Uh, all right, Rich, you know, well, you know I'm coming to you. I know, and I'm, 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 I'm sorry i got to hurt my brothers here, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've advised everybody in my family to never speak to the police unless you have an attorney present. Okay. Uh, my job used to be to um, have people talk to me, um, and I can guarantee you that anything you say to me will be 
run in my mind and in my investigation every which way to see um, you know what what snag I can find and what would lead me to where I need to go for an investigation so um, I say yes talk to the police but get your attorney and, and have your attorney speak through your attorney um, as a lawmaker um, most certainly I would say um, you have the right to not speak to the police. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe there are times, you know, as, as we kind of touched on here, you get pulled over, you know, you don't have to admit guilt, you can have a conversation. But always remember, a police officer can come up to you on the street and start a conversation for any reason. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean he's harassing you. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean he's, so, you know, we used to do what were called field investigative oh, reports yeah. first. Yeah. And, you know, you walk up to the five guys sitting on the street corner. Yep. Believe it or not, at one time, our police department said, if they're sitting on the corner, you write them all a ticket and shoo them off. Well, it, it, you know, it's not against the law to sit on a corner. And, and that's what you're writing the ticket for. Well, <laughs> we went for, you know, um, I, I, there was a term that we used for gather an unlawful yeah, gathering yeah. on the corner. First now, Amendment what, right to assemble. Not, 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 not. <laughs> what I just said, I never, I, I would get yelled at all the time. Now, what I would do is, I would pull my squad car up, get out and sit on the hood, and start talking to these guys. They don't want to talk to me, so they're going mm -hmm. to go away. But you can't just write them a summons for that. Yeah. You know, but at any time, a police officer can talk to yeah. anybody for any reason. And you can mm -hmm. choose to talk or not talk back. You can have a, I'm not going to say if a police officer's in 7 Eleven and you guys are talking about, hey, who won the lottery? Right. To right. not talk F to you. F you, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not, and that F you is, is certainly not a way to answer. Yeah. You can just get up and walk away. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so yes, it's 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 hard to to tell people. Yeah. But the truth is, uh, you know, I I would recommend to under any circumstance just requ request an attorney. Now I know when it comes to DWIs and some other things like that, um, it's it's tough because then you've got to it's just to deal with with the Missouri Department of Revenue and things like sure. that. Mm -hmm. So you know, you would best talk to your attorney and, yeah. and you know mm -hmm. establish that beforehand. But uh, I, I've advised all of my children to, um, no, we'll get an attorney. If you have an issue, we'll get an attorney, and then we'll speak through the attorney. Okay. Respectfully. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you don't mm -hmm. have to be a, a bad guy about it. Yeah. So. I, did, hey, didn't ask you. <laughs> I don't know that you wanted to hear that, but. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, so, <laughs> As an active law enforcement No, I, I never <laughs> push an agenda or anything right. like that. So, you know, I, I think um, I've been pretty obvious about how I feel. Uh, now, I, I want to say this. I think there's a difference between being suspected of a crime yeah. and then being perhaps a witness to a crime, mm. et cetera, mm. et cetera. Because I think when we ask the question... You didn't give context. Yes. All three of our minds... <laughs> and I, well, I, asked, I didn't give context because I wanted to see how we would each approach it. I think all, three, all our minds went to, you're being questioned as a suspect. And the question was, should I speak to a police officer? And for me, I think there's couple different angles at this right if you just saw some dude hit a guy in a crosswalk uh, probably should stick around and tell the cops yo that dude just ran that guy over now um, a negative well I'm being questioned no, no, no. the thing was are you talking to me yeah mm -hmm. and, uh, Richard working where you worked I know you've probably made many cases talking to witnesses and neighbors and the people who called in and said, hey, I want to talk to you, who right. we took down to, you know. Yeah. So I, I think I think there's a different 
angle at each one of these. Right? But I also want to point out, I'm, I'm glad for your perspective, Rich, um, in, in stating what, what we, many of us, suspect or know, is that when you do have a subject of an investigation, you are trying to uncover evidence. And so you're, you are trying to hear their words and see where those words might take you. And so just me to kind of piggyback off of something you said, I think there are a lot of people these days that have the mindset of, well, I, I didn't do anything, so I don't have anything to hide. So I don't really care what you're going to do. I don't really care about my rights or my freedoms or protections. And sometimes those people are the ones that get wrapped up in an investigation thinking that they're saying something helpful because they didn't do anything or they don't have anything to hide. No, thank you. And, um, and then that can lead to evidence that might be circumstantial that might suggest that they did something. So um, I wanted to touch on that because I hear citizens friends, family of mine say that when we talk about the Fourth Amendment or we talk about arrests or we talk about things like this and, and their overwhelming response is, well, that would never be me because I don't have anything to hide, so I really don't care about that. But as an American citizen, we should always be suspect of our government. We should always be suspicious and we should always put our rights first. And you do have a right to remain silent. You do have a right to have an attorney present with you. Um, as far as a witness to something, I agree there should be cooperation, but if you're a stranger witness, that might be one thing, but if you have any sort of contact or you know, personal interaction with somebody close to that incident, I would also probably say contact an attorney. And your attorney might say, hey, yep, there's clearly not going to be any suspicion around you. Let's go ahead and participate. But you never know. Yeah. Interesting. I was going to make a crack, but I'll... Oh, come myself. on, there haven't been enough no, jokes this no, one. This no, has been no. too serious. No, it's not about a drunk driver. Every drunk driver thinks they've got nothing to hide because they've only had 18 beers, but here we are. Mm-hmm. I'll, I, but I won't, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, he didn't say it. <laughs> um, okay, so, well, yeah. I don't want to get you, what did you say? I've only had two. Yeah, oh. it's always two, isn't it? And I, When they say two, you're like, okay. But they've been to Regazzi's and they have the frozen fish bowls, mm-hmm. so, you know, that's yeah. I've only had two, two which is a bucket. <laughs> yeah. Two is a standard answer. Before you gloss over that okay. other question that you referred to, I wanted to ask you that question. So some people say, if I get stopped by law enforcement, I don't have to talk to them at all. Um, I'm only going to roll my window down a little bit and hand over a license. What do you do with that when you encounter people like that as an officer? So a couple things. Um, number one, you're required to have a valid Missouri license to operate a vehicle on the highways. Number two, you're required to have financial responsibility when operating a vehicle on, on Missouri highways. Or Highways is the term, but it's really, when we say highway, Roadways. I think that's, yeah, but a lot of people think highway is I-70, right? We're talking city street, alleyways, um, anything. Um, so if your you, own driveway, well, no, your own driveway is different, right? <laughs> Private property. Now I think if what there's you're been referring, suspicion that you were on the road, what you're referring to <laughs> is these knuckleheads that drive an extra six blocks and then park in their own driveway. And that's where they decide to stop. <laughs> yes. Now they, Rich, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. So you can't tow my vehicle. That's right. I'm in my own driveway. Well, you drove three miles. So so yeah, I, I've you, seen officers light people up as they turn into their driveway. Well, so I'm also, just saying, they're also just on saying. a public. They're also on a highway. I agree. That was my point. So, so anyway, uh, so I think your question is, if they don't provide a license, no. If they think you know, I am only going to crack my window this much, and I'll I'll give my license, oh, or okay. otherwise not interact. Okay. And I, then you let them go on your way. Yeah, I mean, if that's all you want to do as a, as a citizen, you're required to provide me two things: a mm-hmm. license and financial mm-hmm. responsibility. Now. 
let me. I've had officer tell friends tell story. me if they wanted to continue an investigation that they will. I was surprised that they've told me this that they would uh, knock out the window and drag you out. Like if I if, well, if I tell you to come but, out, you're but coming drag out. me out for what? <laughs> right. So I pose I mean, the question to you. So I'm going to give you a scenario. This may or may not be a true story. So I uh, saw a car pull off when it saw my I was a city cop, and it was about two thirty in the morning. There's a car. Uh, he sees me, pulls behind a closed business. Mm -hmm. Right? What is a car doing behind a closed business at two thirty in the morning? And it's not like a donut shop, right? You know when the people get there. Now, when I say a donut shop, <laughs> so it's not a cop. No, but you, but you, <laughs> figure, wow. you, wow. you figure these things out because. It's, there's a, a, a daylight donuts. They got there at two thirty in the morning because they started making donuts. Like you knew when the oh, workers were getting the work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he pulled behind a distributing center at two thirty in the morning, which, by the way, had been broken into several times in the past three four months. There may or may, I may or may not have a friend who has a case like this open right well, now. Well, go so for keep it. Going. So I, I pull behind him. I'm like, Yo, partner. And he, if we add to it, he didn't use the turn signal when he turned in. So I go back there and I'm like, hey, partner, what are you doing? So nothing illegal, he just didn't suspicion. He turn signal. Oh, I thought you said he did use no, the turn signal. No, did not. Oh, did okay. Not. okay. So, which is not, that's not my main concern, right? Why are you behind a closed business that has been broken into a few times? And he just stares straight ahead and his window's cracked about, I'm going to go inch and a half, two inches. And he's doing the old stare ahead, straight ahead. If I'm not there, or if he doesn't see me, I'm not there. And I'm like, hey, partner, I need to see your license proof of insurance. And stare straight ahead, stare straight ahead. So I take my, I can't, I, I go horizontal with the, or parallel with the ground, stick my nose in the little crack. You would. Which would have been hilarious if he just would have rolled it up, right? <laughs> Pinched it shut. But I smell the overwhelming, <laughs> have on the overwhelming odor of intoxicants emitting from this vehicle. Glassy eyes, uh, bloodshot eyes, staring straight ahead, swaying in his seat, which is tough to do, right? If you're sitting down, okay. it's tough to do this. <laughs> and I said, hey, partner, he wouldn't provide me with the license. He said, hop out. Nothing, 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 nothing. Hey, partner, hop out. Nothing, 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 nothing. So what I say is you are required to provide me with these documents. If you don't, I'm going to place you under arrest for, what do you think? Failure to obey a lawful order. Nope. Turn signal. I disagree with that. Failing to use a turn signal and turn it into this, hmm. into uh, whatever city street it was, right? I don't know what it was. Because, and I think... I hope you would agree, we can arrest for any crime. So I say, I'm going to arrest you for this if you don't do this, this, and this. You threaten their liberty? Yeah, you committed the crime. To comply. You committed the crime. I don't know that you have a license. I don't know that you have insurance, which if we look at insurance, and some of that is actually more serious than a DWI, looking at right. uh, the charge, uh, the classification of crime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so long story short, I eventually placed him under arrest. Now I said, if you don't get out, I'm pulling you out because I have... Because he's under arrest. Right, because yeah. I have custodial arrest. Mm -hmm. So when, once we go, well, I'm going to pull you out for whatever, mm, I don't think so. But once I have custodial arrest, you're coming out. Yeah, because they're in your custody. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, and I don't even know where this question was going, but so when someone doesn't provide their license, that's what we typically go to. Yeah, there was a yeah, question that you said, oh, you're answering a question that's already on here, so yeah. I wanted to... Well, about not, yeah, so yeah. I think the question was, uh, let's see... Do I have to provide, roll my window down and provide a license? And, and in, or just a license, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a license. So, yeah, you do have, if, in Missouri, if the, whoever's listening to this, in Missouri, you have to provide a license. You have to provide financial responsibility, which is insurance. Mm -hmm. Have to. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do you, do you have to roll the window down and have a conversation? No. Is it going to look suspicious? Not that, 
Is we'll it go, is we'll, it gonna we'll go down is that it gonna road peak my interest? <laughs> of course it will. Well, right? Sure. I mean, would you agree, Rich? I mean, you you were on longer. That than is I your was. job. People hire you to find out why people go behind businesses in the middle of the night and sit there when they're not supposed to be. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you're hired. Yeah. You know, the businesses pay their taxes and they expect a certain level of policing, sure. you know, to keep them from being burglarized. That's your job. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, there's there's investigations you can conduct and you should be conducting. And um, there are tools, let's just put it this way, there are tools yeah. available to us to do that job. Sure. We just have to be able to articulate what it is and how we do it. Right? That's so what makes a good officer mm-hmm. compared to somebody who's just, again, maybe fatigued, Maybe taking shortcuts. I mean, uh, you can cut this off if you want, but sometimes it's just going through all that is too lengthy of a process. You don't have that time available. You just have to cut straight to the chase. Sometimes we're lazy. Let's be honest. I I mean, I I, I didn't want to say that, but yes, we are. Sometimes we want to forego all that other stuff and say, okay, you're back here doing something bad, you know, boom. You just make you just keep wanting me to get into my fifty-four second arrest case. Huh? <laughs> Listen, I would do that any day of the week. No, but what I'm saying is, we talk about every once in a while we talk about these cases, but there's so many specific things that the guy or gal sees, and that mm-hmm. we know that mm-hmm. I know this business was burglarized. I know that it was this time of night or between you know these yeah. hours of the night. So that is giving you reasonable, articulable suspicion. Sure, so right. That, and that's what we kind of talked about last time of. Well, we're not just going to pull them over because it's a closed business. This particular business had been burglarized. It is an interesting time of night. Um, maybe this business wasn't right off the roadway, so it might be somewhere you pull over to make a phone call or something. So so there is suspicion that you can articulate, yeah. but you can't just say, hey, this guy, I was behind him and he pulled off and parked. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up to him. That's not reasonable, articulable suspicion no, of I don't criminal think so. wrongdoing. And I think there's reasonable... Um answers to your question so if he said hey man my car's overheating this was the first driveway i pulled into i see steam coming from his car i can smell it hey man peace or is there anybody i can call to come get your car mm-hmm. can i can i help you out do you have a cell phone yeah but when it's all these things start to add up mm-hmm. and it snowballs mm-hmm. into something's not right here and i love what you said that's what we get paid to do mm-hmm. and I, I caught a lot of flack on social media not too long ago i can't believe you're asking people it was some questions that's my job. That's what you pay me a decent salary to do. And what were the questions? Uh, it was it was a meme I put out that said, when you find out the a-hole passenger has a warrant, and the mm. guy was like, oh, you can't ask you can't ask people for their license. Yeah, I can. I can ask all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, do does the passenger have to provide it if they haven't committed a crime? No, uh, but I can ask all day long. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was just one of those things, and and, and it was like. You should just mind your own business. And then I replied, That is your I business. I get paid to not mind my own business. <laughs> that's right. That right? is your that's business. That's what we do. Yeah. So anyway, that's but but I just I, I just wish that people would see that we're not harassing, mm-hmm. but that is literally our job is mm-hmm. to ask questions mm-hmm. and to go so imagine I didn't I saw that car pull into let's just say it was McDonald's. It wasn't, but it was McDonald's. And the next morning day shift takes a call of a break in in McDonald's. I mean, I have now been, in, in my opinion, I haven't done what I was supposed to do because I should have went, hey, wait a second, I saw a car pull in at 2.30, mm-hmm. that's not normal. So I think I have a, an expectation, or the public has an expectation of what they want me to do. For you to investigate suspicious yeah. behavior. Yeah. Let me mm-hmm. ask you a question real quick. This yeah. is, I'll talk from experience. We had a well-known bar in town, and people were known to sleep it off in their cars. Sure. Uh. 
Okay. <laughs> but 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 part of your job is to go around. You know, the bar's closed. All the businesses are closed. There's a guy in the back of the parking lot, passed out behind his wheel. The officer knocks, taps on the window, doesn't wake up. Taps on the window, doesn't wake up. Officer goes along his way. Okay. Hmm. Now you you're saying, oh, good job, Mister Officer, right? No, no. Why Come, would you say that? What? Comes why, back. Why the, comes back that? the next morning. The the guy was dead because he had a hole in his in his uh, in, in the pipe, and he wow. had asphyxiated himself. <sighs> so you know. Oh, okay. I'm gonna interrupt real quick <laughs> and go back to our original podcast of. I, I don't think that you should be biased against me because I'm a criminal defense no, attorney. No. I think sometimes people think I have a viewpoint in the conclusion that I don't because I was I was rolling my eyes because I knew that the officer very likely would have given that person a DWI because that is a DWI. So that's where I thought you were going with that of citizens who are trying to do the right thing and don't realize that they're actually breaking the law. So that that's why I had that reaction, and I think he should have contacted that person. Well, you know, he... He didn't just think of the guy was sleeping it off and saying, you know, boom. Well, of course, who do you think got sued for that? Sure. Because it was on the radio that he stopped and yeah. he said, hey, the guy's sleeping in his car. I'm just going to sleep it off. Yeah. So now who do you think becomes responsible that the guy passed away? The police department. Mm. Or the city. So, so the is thing the car is, well, on? Is that the P? The car was on. Kind of put in a hard place, you know, between a rock and a hard place mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to figure out. That's why I don't envy, and that's another thing I said previously. I don't envy your job or your former job at all because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And, yeah. and we ask you to go into very dangerous situations, but when you, we're also going to criticize you when you do. So yeah. you guys can't win. And I think that that is why we should respect our law enforcement, let them use their discretion, and I mean, look at it, checks and balances, that's my job, make sure you're using it properly. But I don't think that we can forget the position that we ask our officers to run into um, because we need that. We need officers that are willing to run into that. I'm going to play off what you just said. I'm going to go different, same story, different scenario. So now imagine a knock, 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 no answer, knock, 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 no answer. Here comes the old, was it PR-24? PR-24. Right. <laughs> PR-24, or you know, now the old collapsible yeah, baton, yeah. right? And now we smash a window and the guy wakes up. And are we now, as, and I think you would probably agree, that the, that department is probably buying this guy a new window. So it's like, if we would have opened the, co- the door, and that officer's probably getting written up, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's in trouble. Hmm. Maybe transferred. Apartment's probably getting sued or at least replacing a window. Or if we don't, guy dies or getting sued. So my question is, what in the world are we supposed to do there? Well, I would dis- I would disagree with your conclusions there about, well, obviously the department's going to buy him a new window and obviously the guy's going to get in trouble and obviously we're getting sued. Because it, that is, if that person is intoxicated, that is a DWI, one. If that person is in medical distress because they're not waking up, you have a duty to that person, which is why that officer got sued, right? You have a duty to that person to be a community caretaker and check on them. So I think that it's interesting that I'm going to play the devil's advocate and tell you guys I, I think that you might get sued over it, but I think that the officer would probably have been in the right. I mean, not if the guy, not if the guy woke up and, and they didn't know that, the, yeah, that, I was, you know, that he was going to eventually die. So maybe... You know, so you he, guys get away with community caretaker on lots and lots of stuff. But so if you can't get him to wake up, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like they this. would have paid for the window. That no doubt, all the time. No doubt, we're writing a check. For Here, that we're gonna we're gonna pay you 
not only it only costs two hundred dollars to replace it, we're going to pay a thousand dollars to replace that window. Just go away. Yeah. So you're and saying, Mr. That Officer, you got to write up yeah. for what? um for busting out somebody's window when they were just sleeping in their car. Yeah. Hmm. Is why that not? why I see my officer shaking the car to try to wake well, people up? Well, <laughs> again, we're, we're writing a check from experience. Yeah. We're writing a check, and I'm that officer is getting written see? up. Because their guy's going to wake up and go, well, why did you break my window out? And most likely, the people above me are going to go, well, why did you break his window out? Well, he was unconscious. Well, he was just sleeping. And that's where we see these road guys and gals get into trouble. They just get stuck in inaction. Because because yeah. you cannot do something right. And I think the public and administration both have different viewpoints. The public would go, hey, good job saving this guy's life. Admin's going, you busted out a window. The guy didn't, he was asleep. We're buying a new window and you're getting rid of it. See, that's really hard for me to believe. And maybe it's because you just said it's admin and I don't see the admin side of it. Because my clients, Richard, when you, you get... introduce her to admin. When, yeah. <laughs> you will change her, your... I'm hearing the chuckling, yeah. but, but DWI is a very interesting crime where in the state of Missouri, it's one of maybe the only one um, where if you get charged with this crime and you plead guilty or are found guilty with this crime, you are paying that officer's salary. You have to pay the, what is it, not restitution, it's law enforcement restitution yes, fund, restitution. But, but what's the like sheet that I've called you about and been like, hey, why did this, why did this 15, recruitment, thank you, like a 15 minute actual investigation, my client's getting charged for six hours of, of somebody's time. There were warrants, there were all kinds of stuff. It was, well, that one was eight hours, but so, so that, that. Okay, so I'll give you a, an example. This was a legit example, this is my story. Um, pulled behind a bar, it was below freezing outside. Mm -hmm. There's a car running, and sure enough, there's a guy unconscious in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Knock, 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 knock. Guy comes to slowly, eventually opens the door, overwhelmed by a strong odor of intoxicants. Mm -hmm. All right? Bloodshot eyes, admits, yep, I'm drunk. However, my wife doesn't get off until 4.30. I didn't want to drive home. The bar is closed. And when I say, we're, so this location is very rural. I didn't know where to go, so I'm in my car with the heater on. All right? Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm very proactive. But I'm going, I'm not punishing this dude for doing what's right. Okay? Now, did I go down the road and go, if he drives, this dude's freaking done? For sure. But he sat there until 3.30, until a car came and picked him up. So... When I think of the example, that's what I'm thinking of, is that guy who is doing the right thing, and I break out his window because he doesn't wake up. I guarantee you, we're writing a check, and I'm getting rid of for that. Hmm. You should, be, you should become a cop for like three months just to like get this side Figure of the out thing. how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great gig. No, you know, I'm, I, I'm just saying, so from, in healthcare, you do intervene. Yes, there may be all malpractice at some point, but your intent was to help that person. You could get sued. Yes, that's that's part of every cultist America. You're, you're welcome. You're, yeah, you're you're <laughs> yeah, not. Thanks, yeah, you're not going to get punished because you tried to intervene and save a person's life. It's just a different. It's I'm a getting different it right. I know. I'm saying. I'm For not sure. saying you are. I'm just saying that's not that's that? not my world. I agree. But what 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 would you say if if we I, we we talked about this as well? But what would you say if I said, uh, as a judge or a prosecuting attorney or well, a judge, let's just say judges. Okay, they've got a certain amount of training they have to do every year. Why don't we say 20 hours a year you have to do a ride-along with a police officer? Oh, I'd 
say that's the greatest yeah. not, idea not in ever. A county, <laughs> not in a county where you serve because sure. you don't want to have any right. conflict of interest. Right. But and, and, and no, you're not just going to go sign off on it. But no, go sit in that car and feel the anxiety that you feel as a citizen when the police officer pulls somebody over just for something simple yeah. as a, uh, a speeding yeah. speed ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And feel the anxiety um, that you feel because you don't know what the heck is going to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. And then see the way the officer's treated, see the actual way things happen on the street. And then, now I'm not trying to make them change their decision. I'm not right. trying to, to make them, but it's, it is part of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go be a police officer unless you do a ride-along. Yeah. I mean, you got to do an internship, which is a ride-along. Right. Um, you, you know, you shouldn't be able to to uh, make judicial um, or adjudications if, if you don't really see what's going on. I mean, to sit on a bench, and I'm not taking away from our judges. My father-in-law was a judge. Right. You sit on a bench high above everybody else. You look at the law as it's written, okay? There are so many things that happen outside of that written rule, yeah. um, good and bad, you know? And I think these, these folks uh, that, that make these decisions should have to experience a little bit of the good and the bad of things yeah. you know i mean it would help help realize at least where the when that officer decided to punch out that window sure. it would help them understand why yeah mm-hmm. what they felt not just that he yeah. wanted to be a rogue cop and right. breaking people's windows yeah. mm-hmm. but actually understand why the 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 angst the officer yeah. felt at the time of should i break out this window this guy's not responding, right? Or should I just let him sleep it off? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I, I do think though that there's, at least here in St. Charles County, we do have judge. Well, you have great judges, but we have judges that sit on particularized dockets. So I I could foresee, you know, if you are going to have a criminal docket, then then this is part of your required annual training. But I think it could go even further than that because. How do you know how victims feel? How do you know how defendants feel? How do you know how lots of different areas of the practice are? So that's why we want to get judges on the bench who are experienced, who can empathize and see those different angles. And we talked about last time, um, he had offered to take me on a ride-along, which, by the way, I accepted, but you never actually provided, for the record. That was the most evil laugh. I'll take it. I'll take it. That was pretty evil. I'll take her. But we talked about that in the context of... um, you know, being in a courtroom, yeah, it's hard. We don't know what it's like roadside, but that's why we have to rely on you as the officer to be able to articulate that. And so we can balance those things. And maybe that comes in training with how do you write reports to adequately keep your memory of what was happening because you're not going to testify for a year, two years, three years. Mm -hmm. But you're sitting there writing something down and somebody jumps out of a car. You erase, you can... Good cops retain a lot, but you're always going to lose a little bit of something mm-hmm. just because you all of a sudden become focused on yeah. this mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and you don't even know what happened around you. And I, I'm just trying to say, if you did that right along, mm-hmm. you, I'm not saying you would change how you would do things, but you might at least grasp a little bit of where the officer came from yeah. when he did it, why mm-hmm. he did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it might help you. It, it might even help. In, in, in your defense in some cases. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a, a, a good defense, uh, when, you, when you say an officer didn't really portray in his report what actually happened, you know, and I'm not giving you ammunition here, but I'm just saying that maybe, you know, this is why you... Sure. It, there's a hundred things going on around him. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen officers write, write a report and all of a sudden a car comes from the other side of the highway. 
and runs them over or runs into the yeah. back of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, everything you were doing is zipped from your mind because our our, our bodies are, are taught that when you incur trauma like that, mm -hmm. you you kind of erase some of that yeah. memory. Yeah, you do. yeah. I, and I watch. I, I it's no substitute for being actually roadside. I understand that, but I do watch a lot of dash camera video, and I do watch, watch a lot dash. of these. <laughs> no, in my clients' cases. Um, but I, I do watch a lot of these investigations, so I do want to clarify on the, the case that I was talking about. It wasn't hyper-vigilant of things going around. It was, he was probably already writing his report and not really paying attention to what's going on because he was on his computer and was focused here, wasn't focused anywhere else, wasn't focused at the client. So, so there are, yeah, there are differences yeah, there. I don't think, I, I want to make it clear, I'm not making excuses for bad work. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to go with uh, kind of what Rich said. There's a there's a training aspect and honestly a self-preservation aspect mm -hmm. to when if somebody jumps out of the car, you'll never know the feeling unless you're that person who may or may not be killed at that time. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, I'm sure you've been there. There's no other feeling. I can't even explain it. You just you go from zero when I say zero to a hundred, zero to ten thousand. Yeah. Your heart rate, I'm not even sure it's beating anymore. Mm -hmm. Every you I mean muscle, you know, failure, it's just the craziest thing. And to really ex experience that was just and not that I want you to experience that, right? Cuz that's a bad feeling. But I think sometimes we don't understand what these guys and gals go through and t unless we've been in that situation. I mean, I remember doing a ride along before I was a cop and somebody just got out of the car. Like it was just get out of the car and ask a question. I was like, what the what's right. this guy? Well, yeah, what's I mean, this dude doing? You're, you're yeah, sitting in the seat. You're no yeah. longer protected. I'm going, like, what the, what's going on here? And then you introduced me in a cop role. I'm going, it, 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 there's been several, I don't want to be too specific, where guys who have actually been involved in a shooting didn't even know they shot because of the elevated, where they were at at the time of the mm -hmm. shooting. But do you yes, not sir. think that that is accounted for when those cases go to court? You know, I, th I think it's a, I think it's a, I don't think it's a tenant that we should hold that when law enforcement are in heightened awareness or in hyper dangerous situations that they cannot be questioned. Yeah. And only if you're a law enforcement officer who's experienced what I've experienced, you cannot question me and you cannot oh, question no, no, my no. use of authority. Yeah, I, I know you guys aren't going that far, but for, for purposes of the discussion, I think that there has to be, I think you're already in my experience, being credited with those things, yeah. right? There's a lot of deference in the courtroom to law enforcement officers, to law enforcement officer experience, yeah. and there's a lot of, you know, we said it last time, go home to your family, yeah. right? And if you are taking actions because you feel unsafe, you will probably be able to articulate that just fine in court, and you, the evidence is gonna be fine, the prosecution yeah. will be fine. Um, but if you have that heightened awareness and you called it spidey senses last time and you don't really know why you don't know why you're afraid or you don't know why you're taking these actions and it doesn't pan out well then that wasn't really reasonable articulable suspicion you got home safe to your family so you did yeah. what you needed to do um, but in a courtroom we're going to look at that and we're going to question that are you able are you guys able to review body cams or anything like same day next like how i don't know how that's yeah, yeah like to write able, a report yeah. yeah like if you do go into fight or flight and you do mm -hmm. wipe memory you're able to re, re pull yeah. that back up and reference it if needed yeah i think there's a certain thing that number one technology doesn't always function properly well yeah and number two 
cameras don't always capture everything. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm just saying in the act of to you've lost it. Yes, you've you've gone into survival mode, and I and I now forget the details. Right, yeah. you have something to you don't just just have to write blindly from a, a parasympathetic and, nerve yeah. response. But when we say, I think Denise just said jog memory, but I can't jog a memory that I don't have. Like <clears throat> when we say we don't remember things, it it physically doesn't register what's happening. Would you? Do you have an experience with that? I, I, I mean, exactly. Have you ever been in a? I was in a motorcycle accident, and I couldn't tell you what happened from no the idea. time. Just and and there's a point where I can remember up to, and a point where I remember picking up after. And I bet if you showed you the video of what happened, you would go, "I don't remember." Nah, I, I, yeah, there's no way. So now, is that something to train around, though, to get you used to those scary situations? Uh, because that—that's kind of a your body just goes into automatic shutdown. It's a protection mode because we, you but, don't really want to remember. So, I had a buddy that was shot, mm-hmm. and we're talking about ride-alongs. He mm-hmm. had a ride-along with him, yeah, and he pulled over a car for traffic. He's out conducting the traffic as he's walking up. They shoot him. The, the lady that was in the car is freaking out because she doesn't she doesn't even know what happened. She was there watching the whole thing. She yeah. just screams on the radio. I don't know what happened, but he's laying on the ground. She she watched the yeah. whole thing happen. She watched him get shot. She watched him laying on the ground bleeding. She watched the mm-hmm. car take off. She couldn't give a description of the car. She couldn't do anything. No idea. She just boom. Mm-hmm. It all mm-hmm. went all went. So um, those are the kinds of things that you know when your body experiences trauma like that and. As a police officer, you really cognitively, you really try to focus on things because you know you need to have that for evidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not only are you trying to survive, but you know I need to be, be able to explain. Yeah, no, I'm talk about I, I know, it's yeah. bad yeah. enough you're yeah. trying to survive. Yeah. But now you have to, you're thinking in the back of your head, I have to remember this because I have to write a report later on. Yeah. And that's horrible because your body should be functioning on trying to survive. survive. Yeah. Which is, which isn't advocate for body cameras for so that oh, somebody I, can go back and review that because we do need to see what happened we fought that hard but like, like i said earlier the cops love it now because you know yeah. what mm-hmm. nine and yeah. nine point nine uh-huh. times out of ten it justifies what they've done yeah. mm-hmm. even if sometimes they can't it used to be sometimes you might not be able to put into words why you did what you did yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't make you a bad cop it just means whatever trauma it was you can't do it now you've got the cameras, and right. the cameras says it all for you. Yeah. Right. So, you know. I, I love body cams. We're, I do, too. We're getting them uh, in the process, I guess. They're being divvied out. But I don't know if I've, I've met a cop that has had one that goes, oh, I hate this thing. They go, man, this is great. You could see HDN. You could see all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? So, okay. That's a long uh, There ain't no way we're getting all these yeah. questions. I mean, it's asked like two questions. Yeah, right? and there's like and five like, that I have in my phone that aren't even on here. Yeah. So I might like, take a coffee break too if anyone else. I might wanna, just step aside unless people want to take a break. Do you want to take a are break? Are we still going? Are we, are we going to try to get to more I, questions? Just, I was like thinking one or two that okay. I'm not Just ask him a question. I'll fill my coffee okay. right back. Yeah. Ah, you're on your own. All right, let's see. Anything else? Which one was it? Okay. I like, I'm going to I'm gonna get in on this one too. <laughs> So this was a question from Denise's platform. Uh, no, it was. Uh, she goes, it was. So uh, it says, ask him, which I assume was me, ask him why cops, and I'm going to kind of interpret here, ask him why cops, I think you meant to say, or she, hate being told, you work for me so much. Such fragile, fragile egos. If they didn't want to be a public servant, then why else did they take the job? 
<laughs> well, my answer to that is I need a raise. <laughs> well, you don't pay very well. That's why I'm yeah. uh, You know, that, that comes back to, yeah, my daddy is so-and-so, and uh-huh. you, you can arrest me. It, 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 that, what they're trying to do when they say that is they're trying to throw you off of what you're, what yes. you're trying to do. Yes. Look, I'm here for a job. I, I approached you for whatever reason. Yeah. I want to sell that. I want to get done with it and move on because the last thing I want to do is have words with an argumentative person. Right. Mm-hmm. It, so, in, in your 20 plus years, how many times has a person randomly said that's not in trouble or suspected of a crime said, you work for me? Zilch? <laughs> Zilch. It only comes out when... Yep. Your so and so's kid, or or uh, you're suspected of this. Well, you work for me. Now I'm going to clarify too. I do work for you, 100. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not denying that. 100. That's what I do. I'm a servant of the citizens of this state, and since I am a servant of the citizens of this state, I'm expected by those citizens to yes. enforce the law and enforce it enforce it justly. And frankly, I don't care who you are. That's right. Right. So, I am gonna. Oh, sorry. You no, on. Keep going. No, no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I, it, it is. I work for you. It's not an ego thing. I love working for the people. There's not a there's not a greater job on the uh, on the face of this planet than being a police officer. In my in my opinion. And I scoffed. Get to work I want to I want to defend the reason I scoffed as I walked off and you asked this question <laughs> and then called it my people or my platform. Your platform. It was from Let your me. Platform. I want to say. The platform that it came from was my TikTok channel. I didn't know if you wanted to That does TikTok not after. necessarily mean that those people are my friends or even saw anything more than the one previous video or that you're, I endorse any of those questions. You're right. You're right. I should have, so, I should have said that. You're totally right. But, but why don't you TikTok. just work for me? <laughs> I do work for you. All right. Good. I do work for you. And I think most cops understand that. And we do. And that's why we do feel that obligation to... Uh, make those arrests and do those investigations and, and protect the people and, and Well, like the example you gave, if they, that officer wasn't really working for that guy who ended up dying by, by letting him off and not making contact, was he? You know, the officer at the time thought he was making the right decision. The guy's, hey, the guy's sleeping it yeah. off in his car. At least he's not driving. I'll let him, you know, yeah. sleep mm-hmm. off. Yeah, I think he was working for him. And the fact that he made a, I would say, a reasonable decision that probably man, eight or nine out of ten cops are going to make, let him sleep it off. He, yeah, he's not driving. Send him down, to, or, you know, let him wake up tomorrow or someone come get him. Now, you might be surprised with my opinion on that. I would disagree. I, I agree with the fact that really we shouldn't disincentivize individuals who are trying to do the right thing by sleeping it off in their vehicle. But that is technically a DWI, number one. But you're cool with me blasting this dude's window? What'd you say? Are you cool with me blasting this dude's window? Well, possibly, depending on what I was just about to say. So I do think, though, that there should, you can exercise your discretion not to write the DWI, possibly, but you should at least check on that person and make sure they're okay. And if they're not waking up, that might be a problem. And number two, they might become, they might be in the absorption phase and they might wake up be very drunk and decide to drive home, right? They made the good decision not to drive home when they weren't necessarily all the way intoxicated yet. So I, I don't know. I would advocate for my my defense attorney friends and my potential clients aren't going to like that I said that. 
Um, but I think that just like getting yourself home safe, mm-hmm. you can get a citizen home safe and then maybe not prosecute them or choose not to file charges or the, the prosecutor yeah. or the prosecutor can decide to give a more lenient offer or dismiss the case because the person was doing the right thing. But in the moment, I think safety is paramount, just like I think it's paramount for law enforcement. I love that you said absorption phase and all that jazz. I'm gonna leave. I know. That, I'm I, gonna leave that alone. I'm very right sad that we don't actually the, get to the dude out on DWI the stuff. The dude's on this. passed out behind a bar. Absorption phase <laughs> has concluded. He could have gone to sleep like yes. on purpose. I'm sure he went into the bar and drank the exact amount of alcohol he had to drink, and then walked out exactly 35 minutes before the absorption finished, went to sleep, and then the officer... You're absorbing for longer than 35 minutes. 80% of absorption happens within 35 minutes. Just that's, saying. That's not Neither here nor there, Rich. Neither here nor <laughs> there. Okay. Okay. okay, so the third time I'm on here, can we have it be a DWI yes. specific <laughs> uh, yes. episode, and we're just going to challenge each other, Yes. we're going to talk science. Fine. Okay, yeah. let's see. Let me oh, see. Oh, you got him. Let, <laughs> let me field some more questions. Let's see. Uh... uh you know what? I'm going to ask this one. Uh-oh. Um, why don't places that serve alcohol mm. have a responsibility to allow overnight parking? And I'm going to ask that question because I feel like it's kind of on topic. Yeah, the window. Yeah. <laughs> Story. I don't know. I don't, I don't think... It's it's private property? I don't, I don't know. I mean, they don't have... I think the what we're missing here, even in your example that you said, is... Bars do have certain duties to their patrons. Now, is it a duty to let them sleep it off overnight in their parking lot? I would say no. But there is a duty to not allow them to get to that point where they need to sleep it off overnight in the parking lot, right? I think one particular area of law that is not pursued as much as it should is dram shop, where if you are overserved by a bar and you get your keys and you go and you drive and you hit and you kill someone, mm-hmm. The family of the person who who is deceased is going to sue the driver, but they should also be going after the bars who are not being responsible and who overserve that person to get them to that point and allow them to drive off. So I don't think they have, have any duty to let them stay you, the night. Have you ever really dealt with somebody who's a very good drunk? What do you mean by that? Somebody that can drink themselves to a two point or a point two zero and function normally. Well, yes, is the answer okay. to that question. So, how are you going to? First of all, I I believe in personal responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I say, well, at what point is it the drinker's exactly. responsibility? Exactly. Now, and, and if you're by yourself, you know, and you're sitting at the local tavern bar, and the, and the bartender knows you live three blocks down, and you're going to walk home, but that night you decide to drive. Yeah. Why does it become the bartender's responsibility? I mean, you know. As a small business owner, you know, mm-hmm. I I sell somebody. Um, I just sold one the other day a, a crossbow, and they go out and do something dumb with it. Why would that be my responsibility? Mm-hmm. Knowing what this person is going to do or not do. Same with somebody that goes to a bar is you don't know they may be there with friends, yeah. they may be mm-hmm. on a party bus, mm-hmm. and you know what? Maybe it's their they're getting married the next day, and his friends are getting them totally blasted. Are you going to tell them no? They can't drink there. Are you? You know. I mean, I. Everybody thinks thinks it's the greed of the the bar. When I don't believe so. I think it's you know. Now, if you see somebody being, and I've seen it, totally belligerent, totally just off the wall. They ask them to leave. 
Now you have a fight you have to deal sure. with. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that too, it's which is authority yeah. because they tear up the inside of your business mm-hmm. and they never pay for it. So, you know, at some point in time, we have to, we just, I believe, me, that we have to start putting personal responsibilities back on people. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I, I want to, I do not think that the owner of a small business who sells somebody a weapon should be responsible for what that person does with the weapon. No, I do not think so. I 100% think that there should be personal accountability. I think that there's a gray area when it comes to drinking, however, because we know that alcohol is an intoxicating beverage. And the more alcohol you consume, the more intoxicated you become. And when you're intoxicated, you cannot make rational good decisions. You're not making the decisions that you would have been making when you were sober. Now there's a personal accountability to not buy that many drinks, but there is, the law gives, a duty to the bars to make sure not to overserve individuals because when they've been overserved, they can't make rational decisions. And if they get behind the wheel of a car, yeah, personal accountability, you shouldn't have done that. But on the other hand, the law says you can't make decisions when you're intoxicated, right? And so there's this gray area where if we're talking about should they have a duty to allow them to sleep it off in the parking lot, that's I bring it up to if, if someone's that bad, your duty has already been passed because you shouldn't be serving somebody to that point. And I think that you know how many drinks you're giving out. I hear your concern about, well, they might be buying for friends, or if you're buying a bucket, you might be sharing it with friends, and maybe you're just not really keeping track. So I think that there's a sliding scale there. But I think absolutely if you're giving out intoxicating beverage, you should have some responsibility for your consumers. Mm. Okay, we can we can agree to this. <laughs> yeah. I, I just first of all, it would never work because what if you go and, and the bar has spots for a hundred cars? Who's going to maintain that? Who's going? Oh yeah, no. Uh, you know, how many people are going to fall asleep mm-hmm. and die because of asphyxiation mm-hmm, and things like mm-hmm. that? So you know, I don't think that would ever work. Um, I, you know, yeah. I, I think maybe an alternative to that would be. You call a cab or do something mm-hmm. of that sort, and you know I think it should be the patron's obligation to pay for that, Absolutely. not the bars. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know personal responsibility goes along with me, and I think that is what is wrong with our country right now. Is it's always somebody else's fault yeah. for everything mm-hmm. that we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tack on to that. If I'm going to go out and get blasted, I know I'm going out to get blasted. He does. And I go, hey, we better take an Uber tonight. Mm-hmm. And I Uber for 50, 60, whatever it is, right? Because the, the price spikes downtown. And then I get my hind end an Uber, drunk as all get out. I get my hind end an Uber, right back to the hotel or wherever it is. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. And I, again, I, I think I see a little bit of both sides. And I agree to disagree on some of it. But at some point, it's my responsibility. For instance, mm-hmm. there's a bottle of Maker's Mark right over there calling my name. And I've had one cup. And I wouldn't mind having two or three. Mm. Smee cut you off. But I also know that Smee is driving and that I don't have that responsibility. And if I was driving this evening, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think about it, right? Mm-hmm. I would be drinking water, coffee, whatever. So I, I do think that it, at some point, it is our individual person that's accountable for our actions. And I always say you got what you got because you did what you did. And typically, when there's an outcome, you caused that outcome. So that's... Uh, Anything else to say on that topic? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not advocating away from personal responsibility, but I think it's also important to note that 
Can I say I'm not attacking you either? It feels like maybe I'm attacking yeah, you. I'm I feel like I'm getting yeah. a little attacked too, by the way. Thank <laughs> you for That's not what I mean by that. any of that. Yeah. But, but I want to point out something that is a good decision that you just said to make is if I know I'm going to go out and drink a lot, like I'm, I'm going to a fundraiser and it's an open bar, mm-hmm. I will purposely take an Uber there so that my car is not there because if I get intoxicated and my keys are within reach, I know I'm not in a place to make good decisions. And so I don't want to even have that as an option for me because I'm making the sober, rational decision to not have it as an option. So that's kind of what I mean is when you get intoxicated, you're not making sober, rational decisions. And so if the option is there, you are not sober or rational mind might choose that option. So what you're saying is set yourself up ahead of time to be safe and to make to remove certain decisions from your options. All right, can I ask you this question? This is pretty direct. Even Uh-oh. in a drunken state, do you think you would ever make this, the decision to drive? I would hope that I wouldn't, but I think that none of us can predict what we're gonna do. And none of us, I've made dumb decisions, not necessarily to drive, oh, but I've I'm made dumb decisions. I've made plenty of them. But I also think that because you and I focus our careers on yeah. DWI, we, are, we have a heightened awareness sure. of that yeah. bad sure. choice. That's true. But everyday individuals yeah. who are out at a happy hour for work okay. and they're drinking with their boss or they're they're not really paying attention because it's not ingrained in their system to pay attention. Those are the clients that I get. And yes, there's personal accountability and there's personal responsibility, but I think that if we sit here and pretend like I may never do it in the future yeah. or you may never do it in the future, I, I don't think that's being honest with how intoxication works. We're not making our best decisions. Okay. No, but is the person who doesn't know you behind the bar who's trying to serve yes. 50 people at a time, is it their responsibility to know you good enough to tell you when to stop? That's my question. Yeah. Yes. yeah There's I, a lot of variables here. Yeah. 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 And that's why we don't go, I don't sue yeah. over dram shop cases. It's just if we're having to put the responsibility somewhere, I think that's, if we're having to draw responsibility on the bar, so the original question was, should they have to be required to keep them overnight? No. If we're going to require and by the way, them to do the something. the question was keep their car. Keep their car. I think it says allow overnight parking. So I, I think what maybe oh. they meant was their car to stay there. Okay, that's different. Yeah. I'm just thinking. Yeah. We that's thought they were sleeping in their car. Which so I did too. Take their keys. I mean, yeah, you're at your fifth drink. Yeah. You have so to if surrender you do your keys, end up at that happy maybe? hour and then you do make the decision to Uber back, are they allowed? Should they be allowed to let your car stay yeah, there? I, I think a lot of times the bars. Are I have a, a new business venture here. Okay. I'm in. You don't even. You don't Is even it a say, scooter? I'm Is it a scooter? No. You go into a bar. In order for you to be served, you drop your keys into a lockbox. You got a blow tube. Oh, PVT lockbox. You blow tube. You get your tea keys out. If you're under the limit. Million dollar idea. Edit that out. <laughs> hey. I'm in. What do we call New it? New small business. Yeah, hey. What, what yeah. do we call it? The I last half of the is workshopping a name. Yeah. Um, but I was not going to, not what I was doing. But in, but in all seriousness, by 2025, the United States government has mandated that every car produced after 2025 is going to have some sort of um, passive. Baloney too. Well, but the thing is that, that if that passes, well, it passed. If they comply with it. It's going to be a, a. It's going to ruin the bar industry, the restaurant industry, because passive monitoring devices monitor the ambient air. So long gone are the days of sober drivers. Because if 
if you have if you go out and you're making the choice to be sober and your family member gets intoxicated and they're a passenger in the car well guess what the car's not going to start yeah. right so i think that Which we I, might be beleaguering a point that we're not going to have to deal with in the near I, future you're rolling your eyes i think <laughs> i'm going to go with my Life rule number one, never comply with the federal mm-hmm. government. That's a, <laughs> that, that is I think that's a safe rule. bet for that us all. That is not legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard, do you have something to say on that? No, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to hear what you're doing. I may have covered it for him on that one. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. I've got one. There's no way we're getting We're We're two hours into this. Are we thing. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do one more question from Denise's platform, which in no way does she know who these people are or agree with anything that they <laughs> or say. Or agrees with any of that. It's not an endorsement. And <laughs> let's see, I'm going to probably, let's see. That means it's going to be a bad one if you're already no, no, disclaiming. No. And then I'm going to go to one that was submitted to me, and then I'm gonna, I've, I've got one for you two, and then we'll do final thoughts and end up calling it a, a podcast here. So let's see. Um, now this is an interesting, interesting one. Why is it not, I think it's a conspiracy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when a cop lies to you, let's see, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Why is it not a conspiracy when a cop lies to you so you may incriminate yourself and another officer goes along with what he said? And well, it's Missouri state law to begin with. but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if, that, if that's what they're actually asking. I'm because I originally interpreted that as if cops can lie to you while they're maybe investigating, and then maybe I interpreted that wrong. So I guess we'll just ask the question. Well, the way I interpreted that question is, why can officers lie to you and it's not a conspiracy or it's not a crime? That's kind of how I think. I think the definition of conspiracy is important there, and criminal conspiracy is conspiracy to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. Officers are allowed to lawfully lie to you within certain bounds and under certain circumstances. And so I think that's the answer is they're not trying to commit a crime mm-hmm. together. Okay. They're trying to investigate a crime together. Okay. Whether they should be able to or not, I think is a is a is a theoretical debate for another day. But I'm always I'm always interested in the lines and so I'd like to put that question to you guys as law enforcement is where are the lines for that? So you can lie to somebody when you're investigating them, and it's lawful. But there are certain things you can't do to coerce a confession or to get evidence. So where, as an officer, do you draw the line with the statements that you make to individuals? Rich, I'll let you have that one first. Sure. I know my stance on this. but Well, I mean, you know, um, when you're conducting an investigation and you say something like, well, you know, I've got fingerprint evidence, and you don't. That's a dangerous path to go down, mm-hmm. and most police officers don't go down that path. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I learned, and, and it's, again, an experience issue. Don't ask a question you don't already know the answer to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but the law does allow us to tell people non-truths so that we can elicit truths from them. Because, again, you learn how to talk to people and you learn what to say and when the time is right. Um, you know, I mean... I, you ask what lines we don't cross. I just don't know that. Depending on what, what it is you're investigating and what's going on, I don't know that there are no lines to cross. It's just, it comes from your morals. It comes from uh, how you deal with people. I mean, there's, 
I, I think a lot of that comes from internal and what it is you're trying to achieve. And, um, you know, very few crimes allow what that you're investigating would would require you to do something really, really heinous. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, most of the time, you know, you don't tell the whole truth or you, or you tell um, you tell a mistruth to try to see what their response is. You know, if, if you tell a mistruth and you know, and they know that what you said is wrong and you watch their facial recognition and things like that, and all of a sudden you now know. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a touchy subject, but I mean, again, you can say anything you want to to anybody. But I thought there are certain legal lines, like for instance, you can't, when it comes to a prosecution, for instance, the prosecutor can't make a plea deal that says if you know you plead guilty so that your wife will dismiss the charges against your wife and your wife will go free, right? So there are certain lines around threatening freedom yeah. when it's not truthful, or threatening family members, or you know there are certain statutory lines like when it comes to DWI, you can't mislead them about the consequences of their license, things like that. Well, you know, a lot of that would have to deal with prosecution and things like that. I mean, you. You know, you can't make promises. We, we know right. that as a police officer, you can't make promises. Um, and, you know, if they go to go to their attorney and say, hey, this officer promised me this if I do that, sure. and then it would become admissible, right. of course. But, uh, so there are there are guidelines like that. But I, I think what, I, I really think what people are talking about is if I come in and say, uh, you know, I saw you in that blue car, yeah. and it wasn't a blue car, and, and, you know, they know you're lying, but I said blue car because I want you to come back and say, no, I was in a red car. Yeah. So Which we you know, know it was a red car all yeah, along. Yeah, and I knew it was a red car all along. So, you know, again, we have things in this country, our First Amendment right, to say pretty much whatever we want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, it comes with experience. You, um, you know, you shoehorn your, your words into what, what you want. Yeah. And uh, if you're bad at it, you probably won't be a police officer for long. <laughs> Pick up on that real quick. Yeah. So I'm going to... Here's my outlook on it. I, and I tell my guys this, because I get this question a lot, and just from random other officers, whatever, I don't lie. Um, because I feel, whether it's personal, whether it's race, I have some sort of moral and ethical obligation to be truthful, especially when I'm in uniform. Now, I'm not gonna say I haven't wordsmith things, which means I purposely ask a question for instance, the blue car. Hey man, were you the one driving that blue car? Or hey, you were the one driving that blue car? To which they go, no, I was in a red car. So I may ask a question in a way that I'm eliciting to see the truth. But I don't ever say things like, I saw you driving that blue car, or or, I have 10 witnesses saying you were driving that blue car, or or whatever, Right, right? right? So I think there's a difference between um, wordsmithing a question and then being dishonest and so my personal opinion is I don't I am not dishonest with the people that I serve because I think that's just I don't want to say it's wrong because you know I'm not going to say I never would be because if there's some sort of investigation and I have to tell a small fib to you know you know nothing against the law or anything to get them to you know well it's an investigative like technique which is right. wrapping back around to right. why we say have a have a attorney pressure sure. with you because they can see these investigative techniques yes yeah. I just I just personally don't believe in that mm-hmm. type of you know, some guys are really successful in that. I probably wouldn't be because I. You would probably tell that I'm uncomfortable even you just saying himself. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> if, if you tell somebody, I saw you. Or I have ten witnesses 
that saw you driving that red car. Yeah. And he knows he was driving that red car. He knows that everything else you're going to say is a lie. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you've yep. given yourself away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, you use it. It's there as a tool, again, mm-hmm. if you need to. Yeah. But you, mm-hmm. you really, I mean, it's not something you practice. Mm-hmm. I would say it's and more like, of an art. I learned you, you, the way you inflect on things or words you inflect on when you ask a question. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, you weren't doing this, were you? When you know, you know, they probably weren't, and then they answer those. So mm-hmm. it's really a, a technique, but not, I mean, dishonest, boy, that's a... I just don't really like that. that See, in my experience with my client cases, again, we've already touched on that I focus on DWI. A lot of times the information that's given to my clients, I don't think it's purposefully untruthful. Um, it may just be that the officer doesn't really know how the law works. Mm-hmm. But then we see there it's not an investigative technique aimed at getting information. But then you see people making bad decisions or decisions they wouldn't have otherwise made based on information that the officer gave them that's not correct. So one of the big things, not necessarily changing decision-making, but one of the big things I'm seeing right now that I'm kind of grappling with how do we deal with this is you will see somebody roadside being requested to take a preliminary breath test or a PBT. They they may be hesitant, and then you see the officer assure them well this isn't evidence we're not going to use this in court it doesn't give me a number it's not admissible in court this this isn't going to be used It just kind of tells me whether you've been drinking which used to be what the training was so I think the officer is being truthful in what he believes it is but it's absolutely admissible evidence it absolutely will be used against you and the number will now absolutely come in and so we see this where it's like hey clearly this person said no and based on the information you gave them they change their minds. Their decision making has been prejudiced on this belief that they're not actually giving you evidence or this really can't be used against them. Is that an investigative technique where you're allowed to be untruthful about it? Or is that a prejudiced decision making where the decision to submit is no longer knowing involuntary? So I, I think it's the way you word that one. So a PBT is not an evidentiary breath test. It is. And I would, not when it comes to it's not the, a post-arrest breath test. The actual number or, or be under implied consent, which is what we would call an evidentiary. So there are, but, but citizens wanna, don't know that because then they think, well, that's just not evidence. But, but I'm also telling you the truth. It is, there's only certain approved um, evidentiary breath instruments in the state. And a intoximeter's FST, which I mm-hmm. assume is what we're talking about, is not an approved evidentiary unit. So when I tell you, Smee, this is not an evidentiary breath test. It can't be used against you in court. I, I didn't say that part. I said this is not an evidentiary breath test. Then, if she blows, that's everything I said was 100% honest. Now, if I'm going, it can't be used against you. Well, that's, I mean, of course it's going to be used against you. Well, even if we go back under the old days when it was positive or negative, right? Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Uh, of course, now we have the case where the number is going to end up coming into play there, right? But, um, but when I word it, it is this is not an evidentiary breath test. This has no effect on your license, anything like that, which is 100% honest. But would, you, would you agree? But I would disagree with that. I would disagree okay. because it's it's evidentiary in the in the sense that it can be used as evidence. It can be used as evidence to justify the arrest or lead to probable cause for the arrest. If the officer cannot otherwise prove probable cause for the arrest, you may not lose your license. So, so if we're admitting that number to establish probable cause to then take your license, it is an evidentiary test that can affect your license. Okay, I'm gonna follow up with this one question. Is an intoximeter's FST an approved evidential breath testing instrument in the state of Missouri? Not in the legal terms that you and I know. Is it, okay, I'm just gonna mess with you. But is it, it's not. 
It's not approved by the Department of Health and Senior so Services. So it's not a technical evidentiary breadth instrument. It is. The, the concern I have is with the definition or the use of the word evidentiary because okay. it is an evidentiary breath test. It is not approved by the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services to be used as a post-arrest breath test, but it is, is evidentiary. Which I think of the, the actual term or the title of that definition is evidential, right? An evidential breath testing unit. Is it not? I don't think so. Like in the in the regs? In, in the code of Or the in five seven seven oh two oh? Yeah. From a citizen standpoint. <laughs> Rich is like, well, I'm out of here. Yes. If you okay. tell well, let's me save this for the next that yeah, it's yeah. not evidence, then I assume that it can't be used in court. Because I don't okay. know the four hundred million different definitions of evidentiary equipment. Yeah, I understand so that. And I think that is a, slightly misleading. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not misleading. I'm not I've never said that. But I think there's a certain point where ignorance isn't a isn't necessarily a defense um, just because you don't know what yeah, it's not like I'm out there to hang people up let me make sure that's straight but I what I said was 100% the truth in my right the way I perceive that so the way you perceive that is obviously different um, so what the officer said in that point wouldn't be a lie in my opinion all right moving on I'm gonna put that in my win column moving on uh -huh. yeah you can't just say you won just because <laughs> okay uh, don't worry, Denise, I can tell. We'll circle back to that in, in another episode. I'm going to wait for you to be on the stand for that one. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> okay. okay, so this one was submitted to me. Rich, you good on time? I'm good. Okay, yeah. all right. This one was submitted to me. There's a couple, but I'm going to save those for later. But this one I feel like mm -hmm. is, a, is a good one. Like I said, then I have a question for each of you. Uh, this one came from a, a, uh, a guest who was on here who is a squared away mm -hmm. dude. Cops cop. If I could make a million of these guys, this place would be a better world. Often, in drug seizure cases, we are crossed on extending the stop. Mm -hmm. Is that a strategy you use in DWI? So basically, keeping people there to investigate further. And I think that's interdiction is interdiction and DWI are. Yeah. People may not think so, but they are one in the same. I. I that's kind of hard to answer because if it is a DWI, once they roll down the window, you're going to start gathering evidence that you are alleging to be due to intoxication. So you are not going to be done with your original purpose at the stop before you start gathering reasonable articulable suspicion of DWI. So I think where I use that or have used that um, defense with more frequently I'm trying to think. I can't think of any DWIs unless there's no odor or the speech mm -hmm. is fine. Or, but I use it mostly in the drug cases where they stop somebody, for instance, for failing to stop at a stop sign or mm -hmm. failing to use their blinker. Then they pull them over and they say, I'm actually not worried about that. Here's your warning. Can I search your vehicle? That's where that comes more into play. So, and I, Which is the case you kind of sent to me the other day. Is that right? Was that you that sent me that um, out of Kansas? I don't Oh, did I? I don't even remember. Okay. I don't even remember what I had yesterday. Okay. So, so what's, what's your opinion of that? Though? Yeah. What's my opinion of which part? The, the scenario you just said. So I think that if they've ended their lawful purpose of the encounter, then they are not allowed under the current case law to request a search. If they have not ended the purpose of the original encounter, then they can request a search and you can say no. So, but there's a distinction in the case law for timing. So, I mean, you're saying that a police officer just can't ask that question? No, I'm not saying that. 
I'm saying that if the if a police officer has ended the original purpose for mm-hmm. the contract, sure. so he's, the he's case law given says, a warning, citation, whatever. Yeah, you're okay. good to go. Actually, can I search your car? So the case law says that that you can't do that. You just say no, boom, along your merry way. Yes, but the case law says that that's no longer a consensual um, search because you are in custody still for something that you shouldn't be in custody for because you've already been done with the primary purpose. Now, the way to fix it is just don't end your primary purpose, right? Make it part of the investigation for the ticket. So you're saying ask prior to warning or citation. Right. If you're saying, hey, can I have your license and your insurance like you can do and then say, hmm, can I search your vehicle? You're still in that primary purpose of the stop. Yeah, I think this was the case out of Kansas, which was like two weeks old. Isn't that right? I'm, I, I, I'm pretty I know I sent you a Kansas case, but I've completely forgotten what it's well, about. Well, I read it, and I put it in my memory here. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but I don't want to, like, you know, start diving deep into so it. So the I'm officer right. says that you're free to go. Oh, by the way, do you mind if I search your vehicle? Mm-hmm. You have, you have an issue with that. I think the courts have an issue with that. There's case law in point that says that the when the... It's just like walking up to the guy sitting on the street... You suspect him of dealing out the car. You walk and say, hey, can I search your vehicle? He says no. Because yeah, no. your argument is it's a consensual encounter. Or is that I, what I, it's especially the, if you say, you're free to go. Oh, by the way. But the distinction I think that the courts draw is if you're walking up to somebody, you have not actually made any sort of a seizure of the person. But if you've seized the vehicle for that traffic violation then in the purpose of the original seizure is done you can't extend the purpose of the seizure to so ask what for point consent. does that seizure end though when you have said hey here's your warning yeah, now if you haven't given them that yet so then if I think an officer you says you're free to go and makes a motion to turn back but then turns around and says oh by the way do you mind if i search your vehicle you wouldn't you wouldn't see i mean i i, I understand what you're saying the courts were are saying but i mean would that would that satisfy? I mean, what, I guess it would be the courts that would have to make that decision, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I know what you're talking. I'm, I'm going to say I actually see both sides here. I see her side. Yeah. I see her side. Yeah. And, and, so you're and saying the case lights law. are on. You still <laughs> see. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and again, I think that was pretty fresh stuff. No, there's a case of the Missouri Supreme Court that I've used, and I had a I had a veteran who was in a similar situation that had a warning was being let go. Instead, they actually asked him to exit the vehicle, brought him back into the patrol vehicle without any suspicion of any additional um, criminal activity, and the traffic encounter had stopped. And then they started to interrogate him and asked to search the vehicle. There was consent given, but that consent was found not to be voluntary. And found a mother load of dope. I think something that wouldn't even be illegal today. It was like a marijuana possession or something small. But... I was able to use a Missouri Supreme Court case that can't come to mind right now, of course, to talk to the prosecutor and also his military service to say, look, first of all, this was a violation of his constitutional rights. This was clearly a fishing expedition. They didn't know what they were going to find. And also, it's our time to stand up for this military individual. Like, If anyone's rights are going to be disrespected, I don't stand for it when it's military because they're the ones that are fighting for those rights. And so when it's their turn... We need to really make sure that they're respected. So, so I guess if if you're <clears throat> you're writing a, a, a traffic summons and this guy's squirrely, I mean, you know, it happens all the time, and you continue to question where you're coming from, where you're going, while you're writing the ticket, so you're saying that's not a valid investigation, then? No, because you haven't ended the you haven't ended the investigation. You're starting to gather 
more articulable suspicion because he's acting squirrely and these things are happening in your traffic investigation is now being converted into a, a more serious investigation. But if you're done and there's nothing that heightens but your suspicion. But who's to say, okay, so, so my thing is if, if you're done and he's free to go and you ask him, you're saying you can't do that. But you're also saying if like at the end of the ticket before you say you're done, you ask him you can search a vehicle, that's not a bit that's not okay either. For some reason my brain stopped listening halfway through the second scenario. Oh. Will you repeat it? <laughs> repeat that second so, scenario. Yeah, I think I understand it. Yeah, so I mean it, it, you you walk up, you give me your ticket, you, you while he's signing it, say, Oh, by the way, can I search your vehicle? Is that okay? I think that's yeah, I think the cases say that's fine. Because it's not over. So they just mm -hmm. need so now they it's need to say yeah, just that's an before easy before yeah. they're you know, before they say, Hey, you're free to go. Which I think it would be the other way around. Yeah, which it used to. I mean, I would say that was how I was trained. <laughs> hey, you're free to go, by I, the way. I wish I'd read that case recently so I can give you the reasoning. Because yeah. there, there was good reasoning behind it. Don't of, worry, we're going to hold you accountable to well, all of Well, I'll, I'll, I'm planning on sending you the case. <laughs> I have no doubt I'll get it. I'm all in. <laughs> all right, well, cool. I think that's an interesting topic. And, and again, this dude is squared away. It was Greg one. This guy's great. Uh, okay, I have a question. This is, again, some of these I'm not sure are necessarily applicable to everyone here, so I'll kind of leave some of those out. But I have one question for you guys, which is a personal question. Mm -hmm. I plead the fifth. No personal uh, questions. Uh, I like personal questions. Okay, so when it's all said and done, when it's time to leave this earth and meet your maker, Mm, really good. personal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're getting, yeah. <laughs> but heavy. I, I love these questions. Give me another glass of whiskey. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be known for? What do you want people to say, or to know to be for you to be known for when you leave? I think it's a deep question. Yeah, it, it is really to just deep. drop out of nowhere, yeah. like yeah. summarize your Sucker? life and why you yeah. have important. No, no. Go. Yes. I mean, but I think Tell we all. all means, I think we all please. have. I think we're all working towards an end goal and what we want to be. I think that's really what it's about. I want to be known as a good father. I want to be known as a good husband. I want to be known as a trooper who, uh, if he stopped you and you were drunk, you were done. I want to be known for all these things. I want to be known for helping uh, these people transition from road cops to you know, a whole different level who then changed lives and did all this stuff. That's what I want to be known for, right? And so in, in my mind, maybe I think differently, that's really the thing we're chasing our entire life is what I want to be known for at the end of this thing and everything we do up until that point is working towards that goal so I guess maybe I should have given a kind of a context of that mm -hmm. so when it's all said and done what you're working for right now what do you want to be what do you want people to say Denise Childress mm -hmm. was this type of person or she did this or XY you know mm -hmm. or whatever it is well kind of Piggybacking up what you said at the beginning of this and also what you said, I think I think family comes first. So I would like to be known as a good wife. I'm not a mother yet. Um, so I, I want to be known as a good family member, daughter, wife, sister, friend. Um, for me, my integrity is probably one of the most important things to me. So I would want to be known as a person that always acted with the utmost integrity. Um, I think it's really important to give back to your community. So I would want to be known as someone who actually contributed and made a difference. Um, I would like to be known as someone whose faith was important to them. Um, and as far as my career goes, 
it's really important to me to make a difference in people's lives. We touched on this a little bit the last episode, but I had a friend of mine who was a judge say to me, um, kind of joking, but well, you know, you want your clients to, to do this again. You want repeat offenders because that's job security, right? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a joke, but, but I stopped and it said, no, I'm successful if my clients never come back to me. You, you mentioned about having a successful small business. Well, as a DWI attorney, I don't have a book of business because my hope is that my clients don't come back to me, right? And so you talked about you have officers on certain paths. Well, my clients are on a certain path, mm-hmm. right? And they've reached a fork in the woods. Which way are you going to go? And I get to have that conversation behind closed doors confidentially. And I get to have the conversation that hopefully I can change somebody's life and make sure that we are keeping them or putting them back on the right path and mitigating the damages as much as possible. And that's really important to me. And so some of my most successful cases are some of my worst DWIs that I've seen because those are the clients that actually need my help. And those are my clients that have worked really hard to get sober and now they're sober. And I consider those my most successful cases. Most of my clients they're not in those shoes. They don't really need that treatment. They don't really need that change. It was just a, a it's a crime of misjudgment. They're never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I want to leave this earth knowing that I really made a difference, a positive difference in people's lives and in my community to make it a better place. I like that. It's me. You better be thinking because I'm coming to you too. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, what do you think? Well, I'll probably get skewered over this one. But uh, so my outlook on things is really we're here on this earth but to do one thing that's procreate and keep our species alive i I believe deeply in god and and jesus and everything else um uh but our job our only job on this earth is to create children and to provide for those children and teach them how to do the same going forward and i just i've done a lot of things in my life out that i'll probably be known for Mm -hmm. i care less honestly I just want to be known as a good dad, a good father, and uh, hope, hopefully that my children continue on and teach their children how to be good people because um, that's what we need in this world to keep it going. So that's it's pretty simple, but uh, at simple's the same good. time, I'm, I'm not looking for anything. Yeah, I'm simple's happy. good. Yep, simple's good. Yeah, I like that. Man, keeping it simple, man. I like yeah. that. Yeah. It's me. Is it my turn? It is. Okay. So yeah, I would say the general theme. I think family is most important. I you know want to I want to be a good wife and a good mom. And most importantly to me, I think um, something that I believe strongly in is to be a problem solver. So I want to instill that in my daughter and um, teach her the ways to think critically and um, you know working with others to solve problems that everyone's facing and how to I guess essentially make their community better and um, you know kind of do what you can. I also to a certain extent believe um, a little bit in the, the circle of influence. Not everything is within our control, so um, spinning our wheels like it is is a waste of time. So I think um, you know, putting your efforts and your time and your energy on the things you can control and the people that you have influence over and the, the reality that is within your reach I think is very important. And so that's what I want to know about. I've never met a problem that I wouldn't at least try to solve. Um, and I, I enjoy being adaptable to different Industries. I was previously in healthcare, and then I was in business for a little bit, and now I'm in law law enforcement podcasting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I, I believe strongly in being adaptable, and um, 
and there's always something to be learned from everywhere and everyone. So cool. that's what I live in. Can I add on that I want to be known um, as providing good cheese? Yeah. No, you, you may not. In fact, I need you to retract that right now. Be, before we're done, unless maybe maybe you haven't gone yet, I thought you kind of already went. But oh, after you're done, it. we are gonna. I want to test you on the cheese. Yeah, she's added some different mm-hmm. options to throw you up. Rich, I was part of the uh, dairy foods team in high school, uh-huh. so he it, ate cheese for sport. So essentially, we oh, would we would drink milk. Know eat cheeses and then we could say like what type of cheese and stuff mm. it was. So I, that came up on the first this episode. Is oh, and he got, yeah. and he got yeah. it all wrong. Yeah, that's that's, oh. down, that's down in the country. Yeah. yeah. That's in the rural part of the yeah. state. Did yeah. I did I cut off your term? No, you I, 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 I thought I, you started. I want to be a good father and I, I, I said everything I want okay. to say. Yeah, I just want to make it uh, make everybody better. That's it. Constantly give back. Because if you don't have that, what do you have, right? And if your kids watch that, and I think what Rich said, and I'm going to piggyback on that, is they see that and they pass that on, and hopefully that spreads. And if that does spread, the world's a better place. So, okay. Final segment, which is final thoughts. Typically here you just give your last little hoorah, thoughts on your podcast, thoughts on whatever you want to say. Um, nobody contradicts anything that you say. Nobody questions it. Just your final thoughts. Um, so I'm going to say Rich and I will go first because – I'm sorry – Rich and I will go last, ladies first. And put you on a spot. Yeah, no, it's, it's a gentleman thing to do, right? Uh-huh. Chivalry okay. isn't dead. <laughs> so you want me to go first? Hmm? Oh, I'm, just, I'm just teasing. You can okay. go first if you would like. Because ladies are supposed to go first, yeah, so that final, would be you over me for sure. Final thoughts <laughs> about anything. It could be podcast-related or not podcast-related. Or you don't have to have any final thoughts. Oh, I mean, I think I feel like the last little segment was a little final thought-ish because it was no, really that's deep. deep. I just wanted to okay. be curious. So, we'll, yeah, that was deep. So, final thoughts. No, good conversation per usual. Most of it was over my head, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I represent the jury and the civilian um, perspective. So, uh, it's always good to hear these conversations because... You know, not as many people know as much about DWI as you guys do. And so just hearing you guys go back and forth and talk and hash it out. And, you know, it kind of made me want to drink. I'm not going to lie. But um, <laughs> definitely not drive. So yeah. um, okay. good conversation. And uh, I think it will be a highly reviewed podcast because I think, like I said, Denise's podcast from last season got raving reviews. So good content and Thanks. nice debate and lively, lively chat. Great cheese bread. Awesome. I feel like I feel like this was a more serious episode. Like I didn't get to tease you as much. (laughs) Hopefully, it'll be just as entertaining for the listeners. You didn't dose me with castor strength whiskey where I couldn't even stand up. Well, Um, in fairness, he did. He did also promise me that the next time he came. He would wear stiletto heels, yes. and we would do fields of variety. Said, because if she he could thinks, find a size eleven, I'd do it. Well, uh, we, I only speaking of me getting you my walk-up song, very last minute. I only just got your shoe <laughs> size, very last minute, and I could not go to the store. But, but I am looking forward to um, inviting myself back for a third time <laughs> with those shoes and focusing a little bit more on DWI. I but, need pictures. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Hey, you, so you, you know they're going to make it. You know they're going to make it. Yeah. So um, I'm just I'm very grateful that you are here. I'm very grateful that you have this platform to engage in these discussions and see all these different viewpoints. Um, and yeah, I, that's, those are my final thoughts. Thanks for coming. Uh-huh. So you'll be back for a third? Only if. 
Oh. Whether we invite you, you are wearing stilettos. No, yeah, I think it's a whole bit where you're wearing stilettos and it should just be. You guys underestimate my. Uh, I will do that easily. I won't even think twice. About no, it. I know, and I well, take lots of pictures of it. But that's also what you said last time, and we are where we are. Where's right now. the size eleven stiletto? I would do it right now. See, they, size mid eleven. What if yeah, does that equate to ones. in women's? What'd you say? Red, red ones. Red ones. <laughs> Well, and the reason the reason we were talking about it is he is it, uh, he don't want to know. Don't wanna know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair that's enough. a whole that's another hour and a half. He was here with you too. <laughs> <laughs> well, so those are my final thoughts. Thank you very much okay. for being here and for having me. And that's it. Okay, cool. Thanks for having us. Rich, speaking of stiletto stiletto heels, have you ever been to the drag races down at the uh, Mardi Gras parade? Um, no, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, but it sounds like I need to. Oh, no, you don't. (laughs) I'll tell you. So we brought our kids up. We were very conservative, and we brought our kids up, exposing them to many different cultures and Mm -hmm. talking about things. And, you know, I just thought, as a good father, hiding them away in a closet wasn't going to do it either. Right. Mm -hmm. But we went down to, we used to take our kids down to all the parades. I grew up in the city, so we took all our kids. We would take them down to the parades down in the city. Well, we went to the Mardi Gras parade several times, but one year we decided after the parade to go down into the party area. And my youngest at the time was probably about five. So he's a little guy, right? And we're walking along. We were going to go watch the drag races, which mm-hmm. is, you know, drag queens dressed up and they... At least you knew what you are getting into. Yeah. And they're racing. <laughs> you didn't and, think there was cars involved. No. They're racing in, I, in thought it was cars. I thought it was cars. I thought it was cars. What? No. Had, that's what I well, thought, wait, too. I thought it was the stilettos. Better, I, knew, right? I knew where we were. So they, they, they literally run down the cobble streets of... Um, oh. Laclede's Landing. Not Laclede's Landing. But, oh, I know. In it's the hills. Horrible. So it gets better here, though. So... We take our kids and we're going over and, and we're all kind of standing and my youngest one sits on the curb. Well, these men start lining up and they're wearing dresses and skirts. And this guy is wearing a mini skirt with no underwear on. No. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and my son's sitting there. He's like, Dad, Dad, why is this guy wearing a dress? Dad, Dad, he's not wearing any underwear. Oh, my no. God. God, Tyler. So <laughs> my son goes to school oh, no. the, the following Monday. And of course, in school, they uh-huh. asked, "What'd you do this yeah, weekend?" Yeah, of course. So my my, my my parents <laughs> took me down, and we saw the, I saw the guy with no underwear in a dress. And the teacher calls up, and we're like, "Oh my god!" Oh, <laughs> you know, I hate to say it without being too political, but uh, nowadays that would be accepted. Yeah, but you know, no big deal. So, real quickly on, yeah. on what I want to what I want to talk about here is, I'm gonna try to stay away from the politics of things, but our country is in a bad time right now with our leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna say it's because of one party or the other. And I never thought I would say that throughout my whole career, uh, you know, my father-in-law was a judge, my mom was a police officer, I was a police officer. All of my family has been in the military. We support this country 100%. However, you know, these days it, it's hard to do so. I never re- really would sit back and say, I'm having a hard time believing in my federal government. I'm having a hard time believing in some of my state government. The deeper I get into things, the more I see. And I want to encourage people, don't give up. Get involved. Go out and, 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 and become an elected official. Not everybody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. I do not want to be a state rep. Mm-hmm. I'm there because it's a civic duty mm-hmm. for me to make sure that my government stays on the right path. And I'm not well-liked because I'm super conservative, but that's what me and the people that put me into place believe in. Um, but I, and if you don't believe in what I believe in, that's fine, but go get involved, 
Um, sacrifice some time mm -hmm. because it does make a difference. Go be an alderman in your city. Go be on the school board. Go be on the, the, the library board. Go be on the water board because the more and more we let people that don't agree with us get into the politics of things, the more and more they're going to guide where we go mm -hmm. and we don't want to go. And we're, we're there mm -hmm. and we see it. So whether you agree with me or not and you want to fight the other fight, that's fine too. Yeah. I just say... My mom told me, and my dad told me, we, my mom and dad stayed together until she died. She passed last year. And my mom and dad both told me, don't ever complain about anything if you're not going to step up to the plate and try to make a change. Yeah. So I just encourage people to, to really, um, our country, I spent 28 months in Iraq dealing, I was in high levels of government over there dealing with high level people. And the corruption, and I mean, they literally took all the money away from the people of Iraq and gave them $100 a month and said, here, go take care of yourself. And they subsidized them with food and everything else. Took all their oil money and everything else. And then the oligarchs go and spend all that money and whatever. Our country is the best. Our legal system is the best. Mm -hmm. Our politicians, whether you like them or hate them, are some of the best. Um, just get about and, and, and love this country and everything that is. And, and let, let's move forward positively. So thank you. Free government requires active citizens. Absolutely. Can I do a quick piggyback off this wow. final thought? Because that was like an opening final thought, right? Denise, just for you, I will allow okay. that. Yes. I loved everything you said. I loved everything you said. And I want to, you know, I'm the defense attorney role on here, but we are the greatest country, like you said, and we do have the greatest legal system. And I think that I will never stop saying the fact that I have the ability to even have my job is such a beautiful thing. The fact that I am allowed to put a government actor on the stand and ask them almost any question that I want before they can do anything to my individual citizen client is such a beautiful thing that we should not take for granted. Um, the fact that I can ask for records and subpoena records of government actions before they can do anything to my citizen client is a beautiful thing. So, you know, as a defense attorney perspective, we have to have that check and balance in the system for it to function properly. And I might be disliked by some citizens or some law enforcement, but that's the beauty of our country. Ah. Not to take your final thought, no. but I loved it. I loved it. Now, classic defense attorney has to have the last word. No, <laughs> get, I'm no sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, doesn't the jury get the final, like, final word? The prosecutor actually gets the final say. Over I thought the, the judge the gets the final <laughs> oh, say. Yeah. Yeah. The judge, yeah. the <laughs> no, I, I don't really have any final thoughts other than I want to say this. I um, I, I know like Denise and I give each other a hard time. I do respect what you do. I think that you respect what I do, which is where our friendship is uh, has developed. Um, Rich, I'll be honest, uh, I you kind of made an impression on me today. If, if we're being, I didn't know what to expect coming into this. Uh, when you sent me your walk-up song, I knew we were going to get along, right? I knew there was a connection immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I appreciate uh, what you've done in law enforcement. I appreciate what you've done uh, just as a public servant in general. And I think being a state rep is, I love that you said get involved, get involved, right? Because we do have people, wah, 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 everything's bad. Okay, what are you going to do to fix it? Um, so I do respect that, and I appreciate both of you and Smee for, for being here on a, what is this, Wednesday? I don't even know. In the middle of the day. It's still daylight outside, I so I, I really do appreciate it. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great episode, and I know that our coppers and our military guys and gals that listen to this are just going to really enjoy what you guys have to say. And I, al I always ask this. I've already asked you, so you're, you're, you're out. You're out. This is my last question to every guest that we have. And I put you on the spot. 
Are you going to do it again? Are Most you certainly. Love it. <laughs> love it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate what you guys do. Uh, if nobody has anything else, we're going to call it a two hours, know, which is the may, new longest. This is the new <laughs> longest, oh, yeah. So we just recorded the longest episode before this one. This uh-huh. is the new longest. Two hours and 43 minutes. What? Yes. Yeah. Oh, this, is, no. this might have to be a two-part because I don't feel like there's a lot of edits. And I'm not even sure there's any edits No, in that's it. what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of edits. Oh, we did good. Yeah, yeah, you guys nailed it. So appreciate it. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening. And until then, peace. That's showbiz, baby. Thank you.